Hi, Chris Fallotton here. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I'm so excited about my new show, Cultural Catalyst, where we help you to learn how to live fully alive, co-labor with God, and change the world. You can watch it weekly on my YouTube channel or listen to it here. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, I'm Chris Fallotton. Welcome to Cultural Catalyst, where we teach you how to live fully alive, stay connected to God, and change the world. And today I have Dave Harvey on. Dave, thank you very much for being on. Dave is the head, him and Taff are directors of BLN, which is our Bethel Leaders Network. Yeah. And today we're talking about men. We're talking about how can men step into their God-given identity and into their masculinity. Come on. And you know, the world is talking about toxic masculinity. It's talking about the fact that masculinity is actually negative. Like being a man is actually negative. That's so stupid. And we have a world that's saying, you know, you, you can have two mommies and two daddies. Men are interchangeable. Yeah. Men and women are interchangeable. And we've got just a world of men who are actually just lost. Yeah. And so, and of course, we're in the, we are living in the most fallous generation in the history of the world. Yeah. When our men are alive, you know, they didn't die in war, but they're not home. Yeah. So, Dave, tell me about your journey. You're married. Tell us a little bit about you first. Yep. So, married to the beautiful Taff Harvey. Very powerful Taff. Very powerful girl. Um, Getting more powerful, which is concerning. (laughs) Exactly. uh, We have three boys uh, that are now 15, 13, and 10. All boys. She's surrounded. We didn't know how to make girls. (laughs) It's a whole thing, I hear, but we didn't do that thing. But the... um, we came from Australia, as you can tell, so the land of apparently dangerous animals, and apparently you get killed by anything that well, there, is wild you, out there. Some of that's true, though. It is, <laughs> it's true that you, you, that you, out, the outback is pretty famous for... Some, I'll take you out back one day. We'll yeah, see how long I'm, you survive. But yeah. anyway, it's, um, it was a great... You know, we were doing ministry together, um, and then the Lord uh, spoke to Taff and I over about... I guess it was over 18 months... And he just said, sell your house and move to Bethel, move to Reading. And we were like, we don't want to go to America. We've seen Seinfeld. We've seen The Simpsons. <laughs> we were like, we are, no. And the Lord was. So we have our stigmas too, Yeah, right? you've got your dangerous things. Yeah. <laughs> but we, I tell you what, one thing I've learned about Father God, which is wonderful, is that he's so kind. And he's so gentle, and that's probably been one of the stories of my life is the gentleness and the kindness of God to lead me into my fatherhood. So he was relentless. Did you have a good dad? I had a great dad in many ways. Like most of us, our dads um, have their weaknesses. My dad was super generous. He would give away our stereo system that we just got the week <laughs> before. He would give away a car to someone. So I think so he's generous. we learned the generosity. He loved the Lord. He loved um, faith and believing in God. Is he still he, alive? He's still alive. He's doing well. One thing I would say about my dad was he provided for us, protected for us, but because he was always working, uh. We didn't see dad much. So one of the things growing up was I had to actually overcome that thing of having dad cheering for me, dad emotionally connected to me. Got it. Um, and so that, that's been quite a journey, an amazing journey, which I think I'm still on. But um, having, the, having Father God through that process was, was remarkable. Like I could tell you so many stories 
about how God came through. So you met the Lord, I, I assume, when you were still at home, so when you were a boy. Yeah. Yep. Mom and Dad brought us up in church. Got it. So um, you had a personal relationship with Jesus. Yep. They, and with the Father. Yep. So they they brought us up knowing the Lord and walked so us good. into faith. So it was great being brought up in that environment. But, you know, hardworking, blue-collar home. Dad was a cleaner. And then when he came home, he wanted to decharge. So he was working on cars and boats. Yeah. So not around much um, for those moments. But th- there were some key moments where it was almost like Father God put my dad on and it blew my world into the, uh, the best place possible. So. so beautiful. Now, you have three sons. Yes. And, you know, I know, you know my story. Yeah. I grew up, you know, my dad drowned, two, two violent stepfathers. So, yeah. you know, sometimes I wish they were more absent. Yeah. And... In, in, and so I know, you know, when I became my a father, mm-hmm. I had my first child, we had our first child, I think that a lot of my fathering was a reaction, in reaction, yeah. like I'm not going to be that, but yeah. I, did, I didn't know what to be, but I know I want to be that. Yeah. You got all boys. So how have you navigated kind of the restoration of masculinity and healthy fatherhood in your life with your boys? You know, that whole subject, fatherhood's a massive topic. Like we're talking sexuality, we're mm-hmm. talking um, leadership, we're talking finances, we're talking, you know, eventually marriage when the boys get towards that, not for a long time. We, I've, I've actually had to go, two ways I've tackled it. Number one is I've actually had to be proactive in the areas where I didn't have dad show up. So dad would be great, but he would pop into our little golf game for two seconds. He'd actually hit a hole in one most of the time. We were like, who are you? And then, But then he was back working on the car. So not having dad play with us and have mm. fun with us was something I had to learn and then to really practice with my boys. So I would force myself to get down and play matchbox cars and then set up matchbox car tracks and then (laughs) draw with them. So it was definitely something that I didn't feel like I had much of a muscle with. um, But the Lord just began through practice and I've got very cute boys. So they pulled it out of me. (laughs) It was helpful. That that was something that really helped me um, to do. And then also, you know, just all the areas where I felt like there was a deficit of started to learn from other dads and go, oh, how do you do that? Oh, you did that. So I, I'm starting to pull that into my world a ton. School ministry, you were a leader in our school for yep. a long time. How, what are the challenges that you see men are facing today? Obviously, you grew up in you know what we might call a healthy home from the standpoint of your father, your parents didn't abuse you. Yep. They were together all your life. You met the Lord early. Your dad worked hard. And, you know, it sounds like he maybe wasn't fully self-aware or not aware how his absence was feeding you. Or maybe they were just in a financial situation where it was hard to be that present. Do you think that your situation, home situation, was common when you were pastoring all these people and and now you're leading leaders? Yeah. What, what do you think of the condition of fatherhood in our in our countries, really, in our world right now? 
we have a great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you think. I was wondering how you were going to pose it. I, I was we wondering how you going to We have an it. immense opportunity. Here's, here's one thing I'll tell you. Um, we live in a very egocentric society where, where men have been brought up just to think for themselves. And, and also the world's been through so many things. My dad mm-hmm. did the best I think he knew what to do with yeah, what he was given from his like dad. Really so for me that. to look at my dad and go, ah, oh, I'll score you this, well, that's not kind of fair because he was given way less yeah. than he gave me. So I think it's getting better, but I think there's some um, incredible things. When young guys would come in and even older guys would come into BSSM mm-hmm. and into our church, many of them can't look at leaders in the eyes. Many of them can't, and I was one of them. I came, yeah. so mm-hmm. many hurts, wow. so many wounds from from leaders in the church, so many wounds, even from my own dad. And I couldn't, I remember, I couldn't look you in the eye. I couldn't look Jay in the eye. <laughs> I couldn't look Bill in the eye. And there was, it's it's taking those guys into that process where they can get healing from their past and then building a safe environment for them to, to know, hey, dads are not there to shame you mm-hmm. and to pull you down and to and to criticize you but they're there to launch you into their future and that's what i think the culture of bethel is it's the most empowering the most uh life-giving almost the the phrase one of my leaders in my life gave to me was i like to push people to the whites in their eyes you know that <laughs> oh dear lord yeah, you want close. us to do what <laughs> That thing, I think, is here at Bethel, and that's Jesus. That's God. God believes in us way more than we believe in ourselves, and I think that's the the spirit that men step into. They get healing from the past. They meet fathers who love them and will listen, and then they'll call them into their greatness and give them some meat to chew on and see them succeed. Dave, a lot of people are asked this question of me all the time. Like, this is a at least a weekly question, and usually more often than that. We teach on fatherhood. We model fatherhood here. Yeah. And there just are hundreds of people saying, how do I find a father? Yeah. Help me answer that. The, the way that I have found fathers, and I want to tell you, I've got fathers in ways that I never thought I would have. Like, brought up in a home, we never talked about finances. So finances and Dave hasn't been a strength. Now I have fathers that are millionaires and even billionaires. Like I've, God has John. brought along supernaturally in areas where I've been weak, sexuality, you know, some of those areas. I've got fathers now. Now, how did that happen? Positioning myself as a son, like positioning myself to know that I'm worth somebody's time for me to shoot them an email, for me to grab them for five minutes and just say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can we get together? And then watching the Lord set up. Now, some, have some father said, hey, I'm too busy or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's normal. Like people are human. But God will give you fathers. I really believe we are in that prophecy stage where Malachi said, I'm turning hearts towards of fathers towards sons and the sons towards fathers. I feel like we have a Kairos moment right so now. Good. And if, if you as a man can just believe that, and believe in your worth, God will connect you in incredible ways. I want to get into the white of your eyes. 
Uh-oh. I, I like that. <laughs> New statement. Specifically, how do I attract a father? So, you, 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 yeah. I love the philosophy. Yep. So, practically, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm followless in some way. Yep. Either my dad's absent or I don't have one. Yeah. Or he's, yeah, not healthy. And, and I need some healthy fathers. Like you just said, I have several fathers in my life. Yeah. I actually have a father that speaks into my sexual uh, relationship with my wife. I have a father that speaks into my finances. Yeah. And I, I, so, you know, it's like it doesn't sound like you're having any trouble attracting healthy fathers. Yeah. So speak to men who they've never had a father and they listen to this. They're like, okay, you still haven't told me. What do I do? Do I is there something I do? Like, do I sit on the side of the road, and go follow this? <laughs> you know, will work for a father. You know, you've got to. I, I I tell you what. There's two two types of fathers. I think you'll get. Okay. You get one in the flesh. You get real fathers that you can hug, and I think God will provide them for you if you ask, if you knock, if you call them up, if you shoot them an email, if you travel to their city. Like oh, I've got friends who've got fathers in other states and other places, and they will literally make times and go and visit these fathers that okay, pour into so them. Okay, so sacrifice? Sacrifice. Um, and then the you, other and, thing... And, sh- and value, right? Yeah, you've the, got a value. Sacrifice attached to value. Yeah. Like, I, I'm you're, you're, I'm so want you in my life that I will yeah. drive or get on a plane yep. and, and go there for an hour or two-hour connection with you. And the other thing is, be generous to those fathers. Okay, what's that look like? The Bible says, honor a prophet, and you get a prophet's reward. Honor a righteous man, you get a righteous man's reward. Honor them, like bless them radically. And and if you're if you don't earn much money and you don't have much, just bless them as creatively as you can. But I want to tell you, your honor unlocks doors with with great leaders, and they'll and the lord will do something with that. Okay, so you're 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 making a sacrifice. You're yep. you're saying you're valuable to me. Yeah. And you're saying be generous. So you you're 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 saying I need something from you. Yeah. But this is a two-way Yeah. This is a this is a two-way relationship. Yeah. It's not about all all about me being a victim. Yeah. And you're going to rescue me. It's yep. me about it's me being a son serving a father. And also reciprocating the father's wisdom and connection. hundred percent. And another way that I've approached it is going to fathers and saying, "How can I serve you? What's your wild dream? Got it. What are you dreaming about that you you wish you could achieve in the next ten, twenty years? And seeing if that's something that I can participate in and 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 launch into. It's it's definitely that thing where you have to value who God has called you. You have to value that you're worth their time. And then you've got to knock like that widow. The Bible says the yeah. widow, it says this about righteousness. It says you've got to seek it with everything. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're in a city where there's not many dads, I want to tell you God will set you up with dads. But you've got to seek it with seek them with everything and, and give it everything you've got. Perseverance. Yeah. And then... I'll kind of set this up for your home run here. You go get advice mm-hmm. from a father, financial advice, advice uh, around sexuality with your 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 spouse, uh, yeah. maybe advice on how to raise your kids, maybe it's maybe advice, spiritual advice around 
a relationship with the Lord. Yeah. And you le- you you sit and you you listen. You ask questions, right? In other words, I, I I'm 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 I am, and I'm showing I'm interested in what yeah. you're saying to me. Yeah. What is the next step that says to the person that you asked to give some of your time? Where where do you go yeah. from there? Well, you've just been given pearls. You want to put them into practice, and you want to actually invest those pearls wisely. Wisely, so. Yeah, when I get great advice, I'm wrestling with that advice and I'm, what the Bible says, repenting. I'm changing how I think so that I can take on what that dad has told me and that the Lord's confirmed. And I'm I'm doing great things with what they've said for me to do. Otherwise, it's a waste of their time. And you don't want to waste any father's time out there. They're busy. They've got a lot on. So... For me, I'm, I want to be a, a fruitful garden. I want to be a place where a dad could come and say, hey, I would try this with your finances, or hey, I'd try this with your boys, and then I'm going to go, you know, no matter what it takes, with everything I can to put that into practice and see and show that dad, hey, I'm a good garden. <laughs> come and help me grow some more fruit. And then feeding back to dads when you've had a go, and even here's the one thing I will say, you won't get it perfect. Like if you've got a good father, <laughs> you know that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you've, you've fathered so many sons and I'm one of them. You don't always get it perfect, but a good dad will go, it's all right, pick yourself up. You can do this and they'll believe in you so you can have another go and see a win. Yeah, I, I really, man, I was, I, I was hoping you would hit that ball out of the park like you just did because... You and I have both been in a situation where, you know, somebody asked for your time and we are, we're, our lives are really full. Yeah. So you, you, it's a, another thing added on to an awful lot of responsibility when you yeah. give someone time. And then you, you know, six months later, nothing has changed. Yes. And, you know, and the next time they're like, I'd love to meet again. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love you, but you evidently you like the connection with me, mm-hmm. but you don't actually do anything with what I gave you. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's such a key. Yeah. And also what you just said, and I want to highlight this is you're feeding back to them how their influence is actually the, how, how it's coming out. So if they told you to do this and this and this in your life with your intimate life with your wife. Yeah. You know, a, a month later you're feeding back, Hey, I've tried those things that was really helpful. Yeah. Uh, finance, hey, I made this investment or I worked hard or we got that debt down. Yeah. I'm feeding back to them, right? Yeah. And and we show value to them by if we put it in practice or not or if we've used it or not. And if you if you get advice and it's not the right advice for you, just let them know. <laughs> Say, hey, this is how I process that. What do you think about that? Is that is that okay? Yeah. That's why I didn't put that in practice. A good father's gonna be going Oh, okay, great. That's your choice. You know, I still think you should try this. Or they'll go, all right, great. I think that's a great idea. I didn't realize you had that and that going on. So, yeah, we are, I I think the Bible talks about Father God's like, he gives talents. Yeah. He gives talents. And so earthly fathers are giving us talents all the time. Are we stewarding those talents and multiplying those talents? Or are we just burying them in the ground and... Hoping for another coffee. That's so good. 
You know, one of the things that I think is really absent in our world, and it's it has to do with the lack of fathers, but also the lack of training to the fathers we have. 100%. And that is the the whole conversations around sexuality. Yeah. Both with our, our daughters and sons. Yeah. And both men to men. 100%. And I was just with someone not too long ago who's really struggling in their marriage. And uh, and I had you know husband and wife in my office, and I'm like so, and you know they they were like yeah we got this problem not this da da da, and I just said and I said directly to them how's your sex life like, and they both looked at each other, and when you look at each other instead of answering the question that says <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna say you don't know what I'm yeah, gonna say right. right it means we're not talking about it yeah, your father and lots of people. You having those conversations with men? Am I asking them about their sex life? Yeah. Are you are you having conversations with, you know, with your boys? Are you having conversations with married men about how their intimate life is working? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. That's that's a real part of being a person, being a father, being a successful husband, and uh, having a successful marriage is about sexuality and how you approach that. So my boys. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We are definitely on our boys. Just yeah. now, we've got good guys. We we've got them, probably some of the most pure boys. But we are we make often comments in the kitchen, and Taff and I are very open about sexuality, about things so much so that the boys get red in the face. Say, can we not talk about that? <laughs> we we model it. We're mm. very passionate towards each other in you know around the kids in yeah. healthy ways, yeah, but of just. We're showing them that this is a real part of life, but there are boundaries around it. And leaders especially, leaders, especially leaders who are leading big things, often they get to these points where they're so big, they don't feel like they can tell anybody their messes. And you've, yeah. you've pastored many of those guys. Yeah. So we talk with leaders like that, and we, we try to connect them to, to the right help and the right group of friends to walk that stuff out. That's so good. Um. We've got just a few minutes. Yeah. Anything that is on your heart to say to fathers? I mean, I'd like you just to think about guys watching, father's generation. You know. No one to talk to. Two fathers talking. My dad never came to any of my sports games because he was busy working. But one, he came to one football game, Australian football and I think I was about 14, skinny, bony little kid, always afraid of getting destroyed because there were bigger kids. But the one game where my I knew my dad came to, um, he was parked in a car around this great big grass oval. Something changed in my life. Honestly, that game was the greatest game of football I have ever played in my life. Wow. I knocked big guys over. I ran through packs. I stepped on people's chests with my cleats. I was so good that game because I knew my dad was there. He was watching my game. Oof. And it, it, it struck me as I've reflected on that. I, I was so good I got nine votes that game at the end of the year and I never got votes before or after that game because my dad was there. It struck me that that's the role of a father we've got to be at our kids games not just their soccer game i'm not talking just sports but at their game of life and we've got to be watching 
and cheering. And I like to I like to take it to the next level. Get up on the bonnet of your car and and shout out to your boys. You've got this. You've got a successful marriage. You are gonna have a great sex life. You are you are gonna make lots of money and provide for your kids. You you know, we have to be fathers mm-hmm. that take encouragement and prophecy to the next level. So that moment in my life it formed something in me and let's do more of that. You know, interesting. I I never had a dad come to any sport I was ever in to yeah. this day. Like as you said that, like tears well up my eyes. I, I was often the only kid on our track team who didn't have a parent showing up like to our regional, you know, the big track. Meet. Yeah. And I'd look around and just try to pretend that that wasn't painful. But you're not, you're sharing, not only is it, not in, not only is it good to have your dad there. There's something about the way it accelerates in you, that that encouragement brings the best out in you. Yeah, and I I've never had that, and I I would it to- totally agree. I I I put a picture of my father uh, in my office, and um, about maybe seven years ago because. I would have. I haven't seen him since I was three, but I have these epiphanies that, when I write a book, mm. like he'd be proud of me. Yeah, and I think that what you just said is so powerful. Like sometimes we don't know what to say to our boys, no. or our our girls, but just showing up. Yeah, just showing yeah. up, just like on the sideline cheering. I would say that to Taff sometimes. I'd say, babe, I don't know what it is. I feel like I struggled playing matchbox cars. And she said, babe, just showing up <laughs> and getting down and zoom, zoom, zooming and, you know, doing all the, you, that's all you got to do. Just be there, show up, let it happen naturally. And I think the Lord blesses those moments. I, and I'd also add to that what we're saying is you were born to be a dad. Yeah. And you were also born to be a son. Yeah. Jesus was a son of God, and he's also in, the, in Isaiah 9 called Everlasting Father. Yeah. So he is a father and a son. Yeah. It, it, it's not something I have to just be. It's, it's, I mean, do. It's something I am. Yeah. And I think that when I, when I actually connect with a son as a father, or when I connect with a father as a son, yeah. it intrinsically turns something on in me that I often didn't know was in me. Yeah. And so that that's super beautiful. A couple more things before we go. I want you to pray before we finish. We have this book. You put together this testimony book. Yeah. Uh, for Brave Co. This is the father edition. Yep. What, what is this full of? Basically, it's full of 50 testimonies of when Father God, this is how I describe it, Father God put on men in the some of the main pillars of what it means to be a father. So leadership, you know. Some of the greatest testimonies on fathers being leaders, uh, raising healthy kids, some of the best testimonies in, in fathers raising kids. As I've written this book, it's blown my mind about the creativity of fathers and about just how God is redeeming it. And, you know, we always reproduce what we see. Yeah. We always, And so this book gives fathers something to look at and go, oh, I want to do that with my marriage or I want to do that with my finances. So it's, it's really powerful, and I know it'll just bless people's lives. You can get that from Braveco. Brave yeah, Co's. you get this from braveco.com. Yep. 
Uh, great. I was just looking at, you know, you sent me a copy, but I honestly didn't even open it. Because uh, just recently, yep. sticky note adoption is one of the one of the chapters. Holy affection, created for affection, a chapter called enough. Come in the company of men, the first step in your eyes, just op- opening up more. Uh, none shall pass. Just anyway, this is a, a great book. It's got lots guys, lots of pictures. That's our kind of. It's book. a coffee table book. Coffee table <laughs> book for sure. Pray for us, please. Yeah. Well, Father, we just want to thank you that you are turning the hearts of of fathers back to sons and daughters and the hearts of sons and daughters back to fathers. Um, And so I pray right now for an outbreak of grace where men have felt powerless or where they've felt weak as fathers. I pray for your grace and for your dream for their life of what it means for them to be a father. God bless the next generation. We pray for for the fathers that we have now to inspire the next generation of fathers and mothers to take the kingdom further. Mm-hmm. And we we just honor you. We thank you that you're on mm-hmm. the front of our car of your yeah. car and you're cheering for us right so now. Good. Any man that feels disheartened, God, I thank you. You're saying, "You got this." Yeah. <laughs> Knock them down. You're yeah. going to win. You got this. And and I just Cannot wait to hear the testimonies of what you do in fathers' lives. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, we love you, Lord. Amen. A couple of things. My brand new book, Uprising, The Epic Battle for the Most Fatherless Generation in History, is just coming out. In fact, we're going to have books next week before Amazon even has them, so you can check on kvministries.com, and probably you can get them there. But also, we have a website just for the book. It's called theuprisingbook.com theuprisingbook.com. Get on there. And for the uh, first folks who actually um, buy that book, we are just finishing, actually we're just finishing up this week, a five-part video series on stories about a fatherless and fathering generation. So you'll receive that three. I I know I did one of those, uh, one of the sessions. Uh, Jason Valentin did a session, and we just had a bunch of fathers and a mother on, on there too, talking about this generation. I think you're going to really, really like it. It's about 15, 20-minute, kind of like TED Talks. So um, check out the book. Be available probably at the end of next week. And check out that five-part video series, which is free um, when you uh, buy one of those books. God bless you. See you next week. Thanks, David, for being on. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to find out more, read my blog or listen to the previous podcast episodes. Go to chrisvelaton.com. Have an awesome day.